Welcome back, Skanks, to the Complete Guide to Horror podcast. We're continuing our discussion of the Final Destination series, and we are, of course, talking all things buses, bridges, and brutality with the sequel, Final Destination 5. This instalment, released in 2011, to positive reviews from critics and fans alike. It was directed by Stephen Quayle and utilised 3D like the previous installment. However, Final Destination 5 marked a turning point for the franchise after the piece of shit that was 2009's The Final Destination. Baloney. Outrageous. A zero. Do you get it? This one's interesting. This actually had a lot of involvement from previous Final Destination cast members. So Shalane Simmons, who already mentioned, is the teddy bed. Uh, blonde girl from the third installment. She actually was an extra in some of these scenes. So I haven't okay. been able to like figure out where she is in, the, in this movie because extras, usually they like get focus blurred, like mm. in certain background scenes, they're just their filler. She revealed that the bridge was like going to be the opening sequence of where it was going to be filmed. So it felt like they really tried to bring back like the key pieces of what made the original installments great, but still had its own identity. We had a bit of a retreat with another vehicle being used as part of like the big opening sequence with the bridge. It's say that I felt that there was actually some variety this time with the opening sequence deaths where one looked really fucking stupid, which is the stick pole thing going through the eye. Aside from that, I felt that it did hold up quite nicely. Um, there definitely some parts that made me like, like I would hate if that happened to me, like the giant pot of boiling tar going over the ball guy, the uh, people falling off the bridge and stuff. I felt that the use of 3D as well was a perfect masterclass. You know, you go over the bridge and the 3D that's used when like you see the hole in the bridge, you can see just how far like how high that yeah, bridge yeah. is compared to the water. Something that the fourth installment definitely lacked. Coop, uh, did you have any favourite parts of the film in general? Um, yeah, I thought this uh, this one was a yeah big step up from number four. Probably the thing that I enjoyed the most and I thought it's the most horrible thing that happened to anybody in the movie and they didn't even die. Um, and that was the uh, sequence in the gym. Game. It's a game. Oh, a game. When there is, uh, it's not a nail, but like a screw uh, on the on the beam. And yeah. they're doing like, the, um, she's doing a routine. Don't think you're fooling us because we saw you at our practice and I know you stole our routine. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about because we've always done our own cheers. Right, girls? That's, That's right. right. Well, then you better bring it. Oh, it's already been brought in. Nice comeback, Priscilla. Yeah. We are the Compton Wildcats. We're black. We know it. We shake our big booties and show it. We ain't white. We ain't white. We definitely ain't white. You can see her feet going around it, but she never hits it. And then um, the other girl ends up falling on it, which then causes the other girl's death. Totally forgotten about this scene. I was um, My roommate came in and we we're both watching it and we're both just sitting there going, oh, oh, and like nothing's happening. Someone's just doing a routine standing up. It obviously did yeah. something because it was, it was, it irked me more than anything else in the movie and made me, made my skin crawl watching that. And then it was pretty funny that the payoff was that she just kind of landed yeah. like yeah. a jam sandwich 
BP, did you have any particular favourites? As Sean said, I like that scene. I think if you think of the franchise as a whole, that one would make a definitely like a top five appearance. It's just because you're just watching this pin, you're watching the mm. feet just dabble over it, and you just think, oh, 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 yeah. I thought it was really good. The only thing I don't like about that scene is I don't know if when I watched it the other day and I've noticed it before. When she falls off that balance beam, I don't know if it's instinct, but she puts her right arm out, which knocks over the dust. I don't know if she knows if the thing's there and she's wanting to grab onto it as she falls, but that's what really causes it. She could have just fallen back onto the pad and nothing would have happened, but it's purely because of the dust. And when the girl's on the flip is why, you Mm. know, she loses control. But that sort of like irks me in that sense. But I mean, it's probably instinct if you're falling, you want to sort of grab onto something and and it's very- Yeah, real good suspense. You know, they're going to get electrocuted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sort of- It's yeah, it's sort of just dabbling, and then you're sort of you're watching her spin on the thing, and those screws as well. So you're like, is that going to go? What's yeah happening here? The drops from the vent, and then she's got the, got got the uh, the classic fake outs. You know, Final Destination's kind of famous for, I guess. Yeah, that's like one of the best ones. Yeah, and I love yeah. the eye. The eye scene one is also good because I just it's that thing as well where you clamped in and you can't do anything about it. Just ah uh, yeah. yeah, that actually on on that or that scene kind of irks me a little bit in the sense that. The laser eye stuff was really good, but the fact that she just runs out of that window—I I don't know—it's just, just yeah. kind of—it's just kind of silly. Also, I'd like like to add that this takes place around the same time as the first movie, but it's set in in two thousand. And I remember when it got up to that bit, and I was thinking, "Oh yeah, no, that guy did have that crappy old flip phone." I was wondering about that. Yeah. Here's a question: What was laser eye surgery like twenty two years ago? <laughs> Probably not very good. Hey. Yeah, I remember being shocked with that twist because I, even though I noticed the things like the pages, like I've mm. never seen anyone with a pager in my life, like, ever. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe that's just more commonplace in America or, you know, maybe it's just a trend that like product placement or things like that. And I thought that they were trying to hint at something else, like the Cafe 081 be 180 backwards because that's what it was at the end of the first Final Destination movie. I thought maybe it's going to be something else where they're actually in Paris the whole time or some stupid mm. bullshit. But that laser eye sequence, I remember that was always like a big feature of any trailer that came out around Final Destination 5. It was like the teaser sequence. It was a big part of what to expect. CGI-wise, it's good. I did feel that it was a retread of tanning bed scene only yeah. because it was the same thing. Like the two girls like put their same slushy premise. down. Yeah. So I was like, that's a little bit lazy, but I guess it kind of works. When I rewatched it the other day, I had this very vivid memory that like she ripped the thing out of her eye and she just ran straight out the window. That's <laughs> how I remembered it. But in the movie, she has that stupid oh, bunny thing with yeah. the, and she yeah, steps on right, it. Yeah. What was glass like really shit back then? That like yeah, you fall know. back onto it slightly and you and, fall and all she the way pulled down. the eye off too, didn't she? I remember that. Like yeah. she, she's she's because she's holding it real yeah, and then it bursts. Well, like, tight, and then and the, the eye comes off. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the technology thing, I forgot the whole, like, you know, it was going back to the first one at the end. And I just thought it might have been filmed, like, very, like, late 2009. And so smartphones just started to come in then. I don't mm-hmm. know if I really remember mm-hmm. that point. So you still kind of had a flip phone. You still had a pager. So I didn't even sort of correlate. And then when I got to the end, I'm like, oh, wow, it actually is a prequel. I hadn't sort thought of- about it. And even my roommate pointed out, because they're, they're talking about, you know, we want to take this job in Paris. And my roommate says, isn't that where they were going in the first movie? So like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. And I, di- I didn't even think, and I'd seen the movie before. I just didn't really remember it. And when, as soon as it got to the scene where like he's on the plane, I was like, oh, oh shit, that's right. I'd also like to point out the fact that when all that sh- bad shit happens and then you, <laughs> and then the planes, the rubble's hurtling down to the ground, it just cuts to that other scene. And you just know that like that plane is going to be falling in there and kill him. It's just that transition's really funny. Of just yes. like, oh yeah, no, no, there's more to this. That's all right. Yep. Okay. That's what happens to him. Because I was thinking, oh, I guess the other guy did skip death. And then you're like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, uh, uh, here we go. (laughs) My bugbear with that movie is, I don't know if anyone knows, but I sat there and I counted how long that opening credit goes for and it goes for three over three minutes and nothing happens during that time. And it irks me because it's not like a James Bond movie where they can get away with the opening credits. They kind of have the song, all that sort of stuff. But then you've got another like three, four minutes of credits at the end. And I just thought I'm sitting there and I'm just watching glass breaking. Like there was nothing that's benefiting me watching these credits. And it just kind of put me off that that was a thing. Yikes. Looks like I need a distraction. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. That just yeah. said to me that they kind of had a deadline of like an hour and 29 minutes to me. And so they're like, okay, we'll just do three minutes of opening credits. with like, everyone. you will stretch this out. Yeah. 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 I, it's just it's there wasn't really a point to it was there because even and and that's the, and i'm about to say something positive about the fourth movie is at least the opening scene with all the x-ray bullshit was relevant in the yeah. sense that yeah. like it was just showing all the previous deaths of the last movies this was just sort of just like a, oh ominous credit opening it's it's like it's not the early 90s anymore it's like i don't i don't need that on every movie i watch it's a waste of time i think this movie in general is a lot better than four but Mm. to me it feels like they've kind of got a good team together the film feels quite good together but it also feels maybe perhaps a little bit like empty or a little bit like sterile or something it just the characters again i'm not really liking the only person i liked was the chick in the with the teddy bear because I kept thinking of um, Kobe Schmolders from How I Met Your Mother and I actually liked her as an actor in the movie. I thought she was quite good, mm. but like Sam and all those other people were sort of forgettable to me. I just thought, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, none of the, I didn't none even of, know none of the name. characters were. Yeah, I liked. I'm the only one that just that I sort of grew on was uh, was was the boss of the company, and that's just because he's a comedy actor, and I've seen him in other things where he's a shithead, and he was a shithead in this too, and it, and. Yeah. He filled the role. See the one that gets a wrench across his face. Yeah, yeah. and and, and yeah. gets the hilarious <laughs> splash of uh, oil in his face at the start of the movie. <laughs> um, so I was watching the DVD. I don't, do you know Justin on the DVD? There's two different alternative death scenes. Ooh. No, I didn't know that. So you know the one where he goes for the massage and he's getting all the needles put in him. I hated that death scene only because the Buddha statue crushing his head. It looked so fucking stupid. Mm. It took me out of it. Like, I knew that was dumb. The alternative in that is that he gets off the bed, he falls on the ground, he gets up, and then the fire actually catches onto him and he just falls down and he burns to death. So he doesn't actually get away from the fire and then gets bludgeoned by the Buddha. Mm. He just falls down and he burns to death. 
And then the other alternative scene was with the eye laser. The only difference is it gets both eyes. So when she stands up, both ah. her eyes are there. And then it's still the same thing. She's just like, my eyes are like, help me. And then mm. goes out the window. And that's the only difference. So I kind of like the Buddha one more, but it's a bit cheesy how it's because it's 3D kind of when they do it, but it's kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. I just wish there was something more to with the laser eye scene that had her like a good reason for why she fell out the window in the first place. Like, yeah. She just jumped through it. So that like she kind of like when you know when you like ever walk and your foot kind of goes sideways, it like she does that, but then doesn't explain why she's like reaching out. Like it's like she ran out the window. Mm. Yeah. And it's quite far they, from where she falls as well, that she fell all the way out and just kind of like jumped out the window. But they could have easily just like added something to it where maybe like it did get both of her eyes, but She's like trying to find the doctor or something. She stumbles across, I don't know, like a room with a balcony. Yeah, like you could anything. easily fall over a balcony. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> and she could have put water on the ground or something, something that was like maybe in the past. So when she stood up, she slipped, which they made her fall into something and made her out, fall out the window. I don't know. It's being a bit more convincing than yeah. uh, Teddy Bear Eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Teddy Bear Eye. <laughs> I like towards the ending where they're having the big fight because uh, he's going to take the girlfriend's life power some bullshit with that whole twist but i like when they throw the gum on the stove and it like starts heating up i was like oh something's gonna happen and then nothing actually does happen i like that red herring how the gun could have fired and killed someone but instead chose to like save them both just so that they end up dying on the plane anyway with that twist just around taking someone else's life force and lifespan were you both a fan or no no i mean it's no. I, f- I feel like the same thing with the second one with the new life and all that where they try and make it all, I don't want to say touchy feely, but make it, you know, like there's the good and the bad. And it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I like, de- like it's meant to be deep thinking, but it isn't really like it's that it implied deep thinking, but it's, it's really not. And, and the fact that they do all that. And, and in the fifth one, when that, um, he's like, Oh, I wonder if it worked. And the gun goes off and it doesn't hit him. And he's, and they're just like, Oh yeah, it worked. He's like, Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that was, that was easy. Wasn't it? Not, wasn't a huge fan of that. I really don't like that scene at all. It kind of detracts from the pacing of the film. Yeah. And I just, it kind yeah. of turns into like a thriller. Like it turns into like a, a taken scene where Liam Nielsen's like trying to find someone and they're like hiding out in the kitchen and like, where is she? I will find you. And I will kill you. And it just, uh, it, I just don't like it because it goes on for a while. It's like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, can we just get to like someone dying in like a, a cool way? I just, I don't know why they put that in there. It should have been. I'm not a big fan of, um, cause they did it in the the third one. I think you mentioned Byron that you weren't too big on this scene. And, and this may be part of the reason is in, the, uh, no, in the third one, the fair scene with the fireworks and all that kind of thing, yeah. whenever they make one of the people go off the rails and then they decide that they're going to be the bringer of death. It's so lame. Like I hate that. Mm. Oh, do I, I cause your death? They kind of did that in this where he's like, Oh, well, I'm going to kill you because my girlfriend's dead. Now it's just a killer. And that's not what I watch Final Destination for. That's what I watch Friday the 13th and all that kind of shit for. They could have done it when they were standing outside the restaurant or something and then he goes to walk and gets hit by a bus or something like comes down and hits him. That would have been a bit more, Mm. I guess, watchable. But like this whole like thriller thing and I was just like, let's get on with it. Like 
What's yeah. going on? Because it was all like lovey-dovey and they're having dinner and then he's just like, he's sketchy as fuck anyway. Like, I don't know why they let him in. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why are you standing yeah, out in the rain, right? weirdo? Yeah. Just like know. use your pager to call the cops or something. Use your early 2000s technology, please. <laughs> the other big thing that, that is a um, big irk that I mentioned this about number three and the, the double funeral. How about a, a, um, a work funeral? Because they do yeah. that in this where literally – um, the funeral is for for what, like 15 employees being led by the boss at the cemetery. Sorry, when has that ever happened? <laughs> like, what the hell is that scene? It's a bit weird. Doing like hundreds of people are dying on the bridge. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were trying to replicate number one where like the first one of the session had the massive school funeral, which mm. for yeah, but that that was a school remembrance yeah. at the school. Yeah. This was this was a funeral at funeral. the cemetery. <laughs> like it's yeah, a bit different, but you know. I was trying to think if I had seen this trend in other horror movies, but I can't think of anywhere else where there's been like a group funeral in the same way as yeah. like number three or number two or number five. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's invited. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of funerals, there should be plenty more next year as HBO Max has announced that they are releasing Final Destination 6. That's Ooh. just a, a rumoured title for now. I have a feeling they're going to go maybe the same way as Scream has where they might just call it Final Destination for the sake mm. of rebranding, trying to yeah. establish like a new thing. I also have a bad feeling they might try and do what Paranormal Activity did by calling it like Final Destination X of Kin or some stupid bullshit like that. <laughs> I really Final Destination Origins. It's going to be a really stupid title, and but I do have hope that because it's HBO Max, it actually might be okay. So like this is the same studio that does Euphoria and a few other shows. They've had some misses, but generally HBO is regarded as like the king of TV. We'll soon mm. see how they go with films, though. Well, they put the six as an F, probably. <laughs> six final. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Sounds like a rapper, doesn't it? Six nine. There's only been a little bit of rumoured story-wise with how this one will go. So it feels like they're actually going to recreate some iconic deaths in the previous five Final Destination franchises, but with a modern twist. So one thing that I saw on Reddit, which is from a known leaker who has been spot on with some accuracies around like previous movies in development and whatnot, he shared that they want to recreate the teddy bed sequence from Final Destination 3, but instead have it as the infrared sauna. So what an infrared sauna, I don't actually think there's one in Australia. I think it's only like an American based thing. It's all to do with like red lights. It's not necessarily heat, it's just more light technology i'm not sure how they would do that it's like a mm. death sequence but i mean if they were able to do that for number three they could easily just like pull something out of their ass for number six the sky's yeah. the for that one opening sequence wise no confirmation as to what it would be everything's still being like written at the moment i can't remember who they've tapped as a writer for this but seems to have some good like stuff on their resume i'm interested to see what they do i feel like they've done any type of vehicle stuff like cars buses even a roller coaster has wheels at this point so what are they going to do they can't do nascar again to like, france to like france a helicopter mm. or a boat yeah i'm surprised i haven't done a boat yeah boat would be a good I one mean, yeah that is the point like, yeah just do like a titanic recreation <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought going on Wikipedia and what you said, Justin, as well, that it was they were tinkering with the idea of like first responders and getting their perspective at like an incident. Yeah, it's 
it's interesting. That was something which was initially pitched to New Line Cinema all the way back in 2019, but there were no developments up until this new writer was announced. So I don't know if like they're bringing this writer on board to like still have that idea with the using paramedics and using other first responders like fire chief, the fire chief, what the fuck, firemen, people like that to really get to the emotional heart of the story. But Mm. because if you think about it, they can still do like all the other batshit crazy things they've done in previous franchises with like a big sequence, smaller death sequences that carry the story through to its end, but just have it from, have the main characters be the first responders. Maybe they cause a traffic accident, but then feels like it's just going to be like a kind of like a requel slash replay of Final Station 2. They already had the cop as a main character, so it's like, yeah. Oh, really? All right. Like, where's that going to go? I wonder if they'll, like, even incorporate maybe something like a drone or, you know, even like a Segway or something like that. Something. Like I was that actually one. thinking that before. <laughs> yeah, like Segway, like, how to do that? <laughs> but, yeah, no, Tour de, Tour de France, I think that's the obvious answer of what they need to do next. <laughs> so have they shot? Have they started shooting or they've just nope. announced the title? No filming has begun. It's just all in the writing stages. I wouldn't be surprised if it does take another six months for like the script to be done, all the pre-production stuff like location scouting, casting, even rewrites of different scripts and whatnot to get underway first. Um, But I'm interested to see when they actually do release this movie because like Mm. Halloween, like we had Halloween Kills last year, which was a fucking shit show of movie personally. And then, They've got Halloween Ends, which comes out this year. Paranormal Activity used to be like the Halloween movie, but after that installment last year, Jesus Christ, I better not make another one. I don't think I've seen that new Paranormal one. The last one I saw was it was like the was it the marked ones or some shit? Yeah, don't watch it. Yeah, Yeah, it's no the ghost dimension was the last one I saw. Uh, Jesus Christ, that was bad. The ghost dimension was bad. Next of Kin is only a tiny little bit better. Than the ghost yeah. dimension. Okay. But yeah. it's still, I watched it and I was like, why did I waste my time? Yeah. I could have just read the Wikipedia summary. Yeah. If it was called its own thing without paranormal activity on it, like if it was called something else, yeah, maybe you could get away. But the thing is, like these movies, they have so much baggage and you know, like this, what, how many paranormal? Five, I think there is. And so you're already on the presumption, like, okay, this is part of the franchise. So I'm expecting big things or like the original. And so you just kind of watch it. I'm like, this is not really what I hoped. And it's not even that good anyway. Like the creatures, I'm just like, ah. Uh. So I'm probably an unpopular opinion, but I feel like Paranormal 4 was probably the best one. No, I feel the yeah. same way. No, it's just seemed like oh. a pretty, pretty decent sort of like still tied in, but was new. Like other like than that, maybe effect. two, but yeah. Hey. It's like Dakota Fanning or some blonde chick that's in it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, yeah. I like the Mark ones. That was cool. The Mexican one, that was kind of different. Yeah, I like that one too. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, this does form part of a good argument because we're now into the sixth installment. Typically, most horror franchises, when they get to this point, it's always like time travel or, you know, Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees was in space at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 20 years after the franchise first started. Do we think that this should go back to basics or do we think Final Station 6 should be like crazy or bigger and have some gimmicky element as part of its like film, whether it be like its marketing or its storyline or its like twist on deaths or how do we feel? 
I feel like there should be big moments. I I feel like it shouldn't be stupidly over the top with what they have, you know, tried to do with say number four. But there should absolutely still be big elaborate deaths but like just give the story a little something you know just like make sure that they're actually putting the time and effort into fucking develop these characters so we give a shit that they die and that that the story isn't too elaborate and adding all these new rules in and all that to try and you know change the game and all that just try and make like it's final destination like the premise is so interesting i don't know how you fuck it up is is basically my take on it like just just put a bit of time in come up with some interesting deaths and just fucking go for it. That's pretty much my view. I think it just needs a bit more, it needs a bit more love to it. Like yeah. the fifth one, like it just felt a little bit empty in parts. And I think they kind of had the right team there. And I think like most of the sequences were pretty decent, but it just felt like something was missing. And it's definitely an improvement from number four. Yeah. But you know, I would still probably say it's going to be like the fourth best one out of the series. Like it's, it's good. But, mm. it's not, yeah. but I yeah. think, that initial thing with the whole dispatcher, like first responders, I think that's an interesting one, having a different perspective. And hopefully, like, they may even do, like, a backstory with, like, if they've got a family or where they come from, that sort of thing. It'd be cool to have, like, a cop, an ambulance person, a fire brigade person, or, like, a news reporter, and kind of bringing them all together. And mm. I think you could probably mix it with, like, a road and, like, a nearby river and kind of, like, combine, like, a boat and a car or, you know, or a helicopter getting involved, which is probably, like, over the top, but yeah, I don't know. You need sort of something to grab people. And I think it needs to sort of have that. The event needs to be a smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, number five had that, the balance beam, like the gymnastic scene was kind of, like you said, it was sort of like a return to form. It was sort of like, yeah, of the, I think they need to sort of, yeah, it's, and that you need, you need to sort of have a yeah, backstory with the, the cast and sort of actually root for them and be like, I want you to survive rather than like number four where you don't give a shit. There's some interesting developments too where, so Devin Sawa, who played Alex in the first film, he's expressed interest on his Twitter account that he would actually like to come back for the sixth instalment. Halloween's done it plenty of times where they've retconned the Jamie Lee Curtis character so many times. Like Mm -hmm. she's died in one series. She's like survived another timeline. She's also been like part of what I would call like Instead of Halloween, H2 was there's, like, there's like H4. There's like three yeah. or four different timelines in Halloween. It's crazy. Yeah. And like there's a way where, you know, they could bring him back to be kind of like how Scream did it with like bringing back Neve Campbell and Courtney Cox as like the legacy character. Mm. Like they could, he could just appear in like a cameo or something. They could easily retcon it to be like, oh no, he faked his death or yeah, yeah, some, some stupid bullshit like that where. It might like fuck it up or clear rivers, but mm. <laughs> like, yeah. But sometimes I don't like how they go back and sort of bring back a legend to kind of sell the movie. I think sometimes like it's time to move on. And, you know, if you don't have any fresh ideas, if you're just relying on like a past actor, then I'm like, maybe the movie shouldn't be made in the first place. So, yeah. 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 Well, they should absolutely have Tony Todd back. I mean, that should be a given that, mm. that if, if, and I'd, I would be happy if it just, you know, with Tony Todd in there, just that. Yeah, as you said, Harbinger of Doom. That's heaps good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's oh, something that that's something that I, even just those couple of little scenes of him in number five was another reason why that movie yeah, was yeah. better than number four. Yeah, that character actually made me interested in the Candyman franchise. It was mm. when I realized that mm-hmm. he was actually an actual Candyman in the nineties version. I was yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. So it did get me hyped for the well, less than stellar remake, but still 
like he has that star power. The movie somewhat needs to have him as a bit of a clear link between each of the franchise installments, so that even if they do completely new characters, there's always him as like that ominous guide to be yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. You, know, you can't cheat it, but also here's a brand new rule. <laughs> but if they're gonna do a brand new rule, it has to. A, actually makes sense and B, it actually has to raise the stakes for the characters, but in a way that's not them to take control and be done with like murdering people and have like their yeah, yeah, Lana Del Rey right. yeah. breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool if they even did sort of like a bit of a backstory on him and how he got to what it was or he gets involved. I don't know. Yeah, like you said, his cameos are good. Like he's just like small lines are pretty good, but it might also be good to sort of explore that as well. I always got the impression that he was death itself. Like he just gave yeah. off that. Mm thing that like he's unkillable he's someone that knows too much about yeah, everything yeah the grim reaper basically there is a big fan base for this franchise so it's always i guess like whatever decision you make so i hope they kind of even consult with a past director or someone that can kind of go like well this is what the audience wants or they put something out just as a generic thing online just sort of see what reactions they get yeah i noticed when i went to so when i saw scream i don't know if that happened to you justin and when I saw Jackass yesterday, both times, because I went to an event up here, both times when I came out, they had tablets and they wanted feedback. And one of the things on the screen was like, what do you want to see happen? And I gave all these options like Gail dies in the next one. Um, you want Sydney to be the killer. So, oh. uh, yeah, they did that. And they did it for Jackass as well. And it's quite extensive because they want to know like, what did you think of the film? What do you think should happen next? And I was sort of like, that's interesting. I mean, they're sort of doing it that way now as well. They want sort of feedback direct from like a screening, which is interesting. So Scream got confirmed for a seven, uh, six film. What were the questions for Jackass? Like, do you think Steve-O should have put a, um, a toy <laughs> truck up his ass? Or like, what were the... Well, I'm I, so, I so interested in that. I saw the guy and I was thinking like, I don't know what you'd want because I think... That jackass, I mean, that crew, I think, will be the final time they do it because they're quite old. So, yeah. Like, like, because there was um, some newer people in there that were kind of just like with the cast, like some younger people. So, I don't know if they do another one and it's going to be called like Jackass New Generations or something. So, they might just want like a, you know, do you get Johnny Knoxville back? It's like a regular because people go see it then. If you don't have mm. anyone from the original, would you go see Jackass? Probably not. I reckon it's funny that if they make a bad grandpa sequel, that he won't have to put anything on. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he's good uh, to go. I never. Yeah, so it'd be interesting what they do with six. I don't know. I think it's yeah. You know, if they start filming this year, maybe it'll come out by October next year. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I have a feeling HBO Max they try and rush production of it just to try and get it out by Halloween this year. The only reason being that I know that Halloween ends does release a bit earlier than actual Halloween itself. So no one, like no major studio, has that Halloween release tentpole event or anything mm. to market with so right. new final destination halloween night that's a guaranteed win for streaming services or True. if they do a simultaneous release with cinemas and yeah yeah i, I, hope, that's not, I, no, I hope that's not so enticing that they fucking rush it that way no streaming companies it's yeah. more likely <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder if there'll be a accidental leak come out or something from it just to get a test reaction yeah nice <laughs> Like Reddit or something. Fuck, that like would that. be such a cheap way to test audiences, wouldn't it? Oh, no, yeah. this horrible leak. It wasn't us. Uh, what do you think, actually, though, really? <laughs> well, the script just gets released and you're just like, interesting. And then you sort of garner a reaction from that. I mean, yeah. if you really want to get a reaction. Nice, nice. Well, just to wrap up, I was actually thinking, what is your 
favorite part of Destination movie? And this doesn't have to be part of the same movie, but what is your favorite part of Destination sequence, whether it be the character, death scene, or quote, anything? Uh, BP, we'll start with you. I think out of all, all of them, if it's a sequence, I'd probably say the tanning bed. It's always going to be one that sticks out. It's sort of one that everyone thinks of. I don't know if you guys know, but I did read an article saying that tanning beds, I think, were soon, what's named, uh, removed from Australia after that film release, which I think was the what happened. And then, yeah, like my quote was like the let's go, hey-ho. <laughs> <laughs> Just some fun fact about Australia availability. So there was only one place in Sydney when I moved there in 2011 that actually had the proper solarium. Reason being that we had to do something for some stupid short film for university. Closest one we could find was Darling Harbour. And it was the most rusted, looked like it was built in the 70s. I agree. It's something that will forever haunt me. I also do like the quote where she's like, oh, a few extra degrees won't hurt. And it's like, you stupid bitch. You already fucked it up with your slushing. <laughs> and my favourite film would be, it would be number three. That'd be my favourite. Probably stick with Final Destination 3. I mean, that's the one I've watched the most. I'm more familiar with that than than any of the others. Although I did really enjoy watching, particularly Final Destination 2 and 5, because I've seen the first one a couple of times, but I'd only seen Final Destination 2 a couple of times. And I guess that kind of goes to show how much the log truck has impacted me. So the I would <laughs> say that that opening scene in uh, Final Destination 2 would probably be sort of the big main scene for me. Either that or the nail gun in uh, Final Destination 3 through the hand and the face is... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but that one is just a bit, yeah. Okay. Quite it's bad. a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. It would be a shit way to go. And yeah. Thank you, Coop and BP. I think we've covered the entire franchise for now. Join us on the next mini series where we'll be discussing the Saw franchise alongside Jigsaw, a movie called Spiral that is apparently a Saw film, but I don't know. <laughs> and the torture porn label in general. Coop, BP, thanks for co hosting with me today. And if you liked our podcast, please feel free to leave a comment, share this episode. And if you hated our podcast, thanks for contributing to our ad revenue. Bye.